Join me in this podcast with special guest Rachel White, who's known by her clients as the Amy Schumer of Shamanic Practitioners, where we explore the ease of moving energy versus moving the material world, Wu Wei and aligning to flow, how spirituality is ingrained in life, as well as the question, how would you do it differently if this life weren't the beginning and the end? She shares her experiences in the fourth and fifth dimension and of the multiverse. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. Before we jump into the episode with Rachel, I'd like to invite you to a very special workshop that's happening on June 15th, 2019 in Rochester Hills, Michigan. And the workshop is called Being in Beauty. And it's a systemic and family constellation workshop along with somatic experiencing and self-forgiveness. And in this workshop, we'll connect with what is beauty to you? Is it a deep sense of freedom and peace? Is it loving yourself and feeling like you are exactly who you are? Is it feeling intimacy and openness with loved ones or abundance and money in your life, in your career? Is it a sense of belonging or living the life you love, grace, flow, and harmony? Or feeling healthy and good in your own skin? Whatever your sense of beauty is, in this workshop will illuminate any hidden, unconscious dynamics that can be a challenge on your journey. What I have found is that when we're tangled up with previous soul or ancestral dynamics, or our personal historical traumas or overwhelming experiences, part of ourselves is still working that out and our bodies take on this form and become the language of what's happening at a deeper level. We end up with disease, with emotional imbalances, with pain or tension, and those are not the obstacle to ourselves but the way. The obstacle is the way towards who we are and what our soul wants us to know and learn so that we can give deep honoring and recognition to who we are. And so the process of family or systemic constellations and tuning into what the body's showing us allows us to acknowledge what is and what is underneath all of those physical pains, those challenges with our bosses or the fighting that we might experience within us or in other relationships. And what unfolds is an organic healing and resolution of what was living itself through you and in your life and frees you from that so you can be yourself in the ease that you are, in the loving that you are, and the beauty that you desire in your life. So if you want more information about this, you can find it at CandiceWu.com slash beauty. And again, that's on Saturday, June 15th in Rochester Hills, Michigan. And I would love for you to join, even if you're from out of town or if you're local, 
feel free to connect with me if you'd like to know more or have any questions. So it's really great to have Rachel White on the show. I learned about her through Gina at One Key Yoga, where she does some shamanic journeying and other workshops with spirit animals and shadow work. She specializes in demystifying the mystical and arming her clients with practical insights for the real world. She really takes what is spiritual and out there in, you know, not our common understanding and brings it to life in our common understanding. But you'll find in this episode where she talks about all sorts of things that just are not on my daily radar, which I love. And Rachel's Chicago-based practice, Totem, in this practice, she empowers her clients to take the reins of their spiritual lives with tailored, pragmatic shamanic support and informed insights. And she has more than 10 years of experience as a trained shaman, medium, and meditation coach, and has performed readings and consultations for more than a thousand clients with uh, lots and lots of group guided meditation workshops. So this is a really fun and opening podcast, and I just encourage you to take it and see what lands with you and what inspires you, even if it doesn't make sense to your mind, which is what I love to do when I'm hearing about different parts of the universe and different ideas how it energetically lands to me. And be sure to check out the tarot reading at the very end where she gives me a two-card reading and one card for the audience, which is a really lovely uh, message here. She also will share a shamanic journeying practice. So tune in for that later this week, as well as on her episode link at candicewu.com slash Rachel White, R-A-C-H-E-L and White. Rachel White. So without further ado, here is Rachel. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you for having me, Candice, and thank you for your patience as I solve the modern challenges of technology. So <laughs> no, right. <laughs> That's one of the things about recording from across distance. But thanks for jumping on. I uh, wanted to just give a bit of an introduction of you. Um, I love how your clients describe you as the Amy Schumer of shamanic practitioners. That just seems to fit so well. And I just feel all sorts of like alchemy energy around you. There's something really juicy and magical about what you're doing. And with your Chicago Brace practice totem and the tarot cards that you just recently created. Wow. So Thank yeah, you. Wanna, you yeah, know, I, I think you know you're you're an alchemist as well. I think anytime Carl Jung said, and I'm sure I'm butchering this quote, but something like, "When two people come into contact with each other and they have an experience, that's that's alchemy," you know, and yes. the whole interplay between us on the material plane, but then also on the spiritual plane, is really the uh, it's the marketplace of where this is at. It's the intersection point. I love crossroads. I love the marketplace. Yeah. Say I love more. all of that. Yeah. Um, well, working in Chicago, a place where I live and have always lived, um, you know, it's a city and a lot of my friends that are practitioners, they, you know, understandably, trust me, I get it. I wish I was there. They go and they live out in isolation or they work at retreats or they, they manage retreats and things that take them out to nature and far away from all of this. And, you know, maybe that'll be my gig one day, but being here in a city, it's a big, it's a big marketplace of spirit, oh, of energy, yeah. of people. 
So the fun part of Totem is meeting meeting people that are curious spiritually, but they're maybe not as committal as a monotheistic or even polytheistic traditional religion would be able to satisfy them. And so they kind of come mm-hmm. to me and they're professionals for the most part, lawyers, doctors, business owners, designers, like they're people. And for me, that's a lot of fun is to be at that that crossroads with them and kind of help broker their their meeting with, you know, their own spirit guides or their own soul parts. It's very exciting. Yeah. That's really exciting. So how do you support people in connecting with their soul guides or their spirit guides? Well, it's funny. The biggest, I think the biggest work people do, and I know other, I've listened to some of your other podcasts. This seems to be a theme, even with like yoga instructors, anyone who's who's facilitating this kind of work mm-hmm. is them, even just the act of them coming in to meet mm-hmm. and to do this opens up their energy and it shifts their energy to even say, yeah, I'm going to spend X amount of money to get a tarot card reading. It's somewhat ridiculous if you look at it on its face, right? Or through a more um, pessimistic kind of point of view, but they do right. it because they're curious. And so there's something there that activates. And then they come in, I think the biggest part of tarot in particular that I really love is it's, it's I call it a software. It's a tool that has an interface, right? The images, the numbers, mm-hmm. and it's a bit of a diagnostic. It tells us what's going on, gives us a bit of a snapshot. And then that information is really useful to them. And even just the energy of them sitting there and me sitting there and that kind of opening up, people will become emotional and they don't understand why. And they'll apologize and they're crying and they're like, it's nothing to do with what you're saying. I go, no, it's because you're you're tapping in, you're checking in with yourself. It's probably been a while. Like it has very little to do with me. Yeah. And that goes back to the alchemy of you sitting there with them and then leaning into their curiosity and just, that's so powerful just to even uh, be reminded of that, how when we just want something or when we're open to it, it's already opening up. Yes. Already. Yeah. And also tarot is, you know, in, I think in the hands of an adult practitioner, someone who's responsible and ethical, it's very affirming. You know, we believe in in mm-hmm. fate to some degree, but there's also a lot of free will. And so it's a snapshot. You get to decide if you want to participate in that. Do you want to maybe accelerate these positive things and maybe mitigate the negative? And maybe that will change the snapshot six months to a year from now um, versus something that's fatalistic or scary or, you know, all the old conjures, if you will, the old images of like a fortune teller, right? Right, um, right. That's, that's not its highest use the at all. The fear images. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're bringing it to this level of awareness. You're supporting someone in bringing it to a level of awareness in a clear way that they can really apply to their lives and, and make choice. Yeah, it should be, you know, really spiritual and kind of profound, but it doesn't mean that that's mutually exclusive with pragmatism or usefulness. It should be useful. And I think for a long time, spirituality, especially in like the card reading or or energy practitioner, a lot of these modalities, spirituality was seen as it should be separate from and divorced from the material world. You know, things like money or a job, those are low vibration, you know, and they are, but we're here for a reason. So I like the idea of the interplay or the, the marketplace, like all of these things have value. 
And as Shakespeare said, nothing is good nor bad, but thinking makes it so, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we're here to experience it. We have this body to experience our spiritual self. So what, why would we deny it? Absolutely. Yeah. We would just not receive. I don't need to talk to someone a hundred percent of the time about something on the astral plane. You know, if that comes up and that seems dominant, that's great. But if it's about their, you know, narcissistic boss who's gaslighting them in the corporate <laughs> job, that, that matters too, because there's an energy component to that. It's a real ecosystem. And, you know, sometimes the we'll have a shamanic journey, like a guided meditation session. And someone who's never experienced anything supernatural, anything spiritual, that's how they would describe themselves, right? Coming into it. We'll meet some kind of a deity and talk about it. And I'll be able to say, oh, yeah, that's such and such. And this is what that means. And did this pop up? And it blows their mind. They've had a bit of an adventure in a 30-minute meditation in a yoga space in the city of Chicago. They went somewhere different, right? That's so exciting. It's awesome. Yeah, and that you can help them navigate that. Yeah, well, this this stuff is fun. You know, I think it's funny to people when they find out, because I have a job in corporate America, and they'll say, how do you manage these two very different things? I'll say, there's very little that's different about them. And if I had to, if I had to label one as being more real than the other, you know, totem and my spiritual consultancy is, is real. Because when you move energy, the other things change. If you try to move the material at the expense of energy, very little changes and you find yourself stuck yeah. in a loop. Yeah. It's so much harder. So much harder. <laughs> and, and I think that's where we've come up with the idea that we have to work really hard to achieve yes. something because yeah. we were, we we're kind of stuck in the material, the earthly concreteness where if we're moving the energy, it can come so easy. So that's well, really cool you're doing that. We're a very unbalanced society in America in particular, I think. So it's either everything's material and everything's secular at the expense of anything, you know, if I can't see it, touch it, know it, understand it, it doesn't exist. Or then, you know, I think sometimes the quote energy community has done a disservice by saying, well, if you do any of those things, or if you eat meat, or if you drink alcohol, or if you like money, you're not spiritual. And Mm. yeah, Yeah. it's a lot of extremes. I blame the Puritans, really, you know, (laughs) they started that whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we are so all or nothing, you know, totally. either way that yeah. it's just, it's like the disease. Well, I think it's just going back to our development as yep. humans, you know, Absolutely. seeing it as like a toddler sees good and bad. Yes. It's funny you bring that up. Do you, are you familiar with Doreen Virtue? Yeah. So are you, are you aware of her recent um, evolution spiritually? <laughs> No, what is this? Okay, so Doreen Virtue is very was very famous for being an, an incredible um, creator of books and tarot decks and oracle decks, and she was probably one of the most, um, what's the term, just productive authors and creators of new age mm-hmm. materials. Her stuff always had this sort of angelic, fairy, you know, really cute, really pretty vibe to it, and she was very mm-hmm. into like flower medicine and all of that. Um, she's recently, I think in the last year or so, she, I think she described it as she had an experience with something negative and she has gone the opposite direction where everything she was doing before she now says is evil, even looking at the stars and praying to them. And that, you know, Jesus Christ is the one and only way. 
And it's a real pivot, <laughs> to put it gently. Wait, wait, wait. Now she's saying that Jesus Christ oh, yeah. is the only way. And Absolutely. And everything else she had was evil. It was evil. And I so, don't understand. <laughs> well, so my uh, my friends always knew this about me because I always had an issue with her cute stuff. And I owned it. Yeah. I had several of the decks. They're really pretty. I've had a few of her yeah. books. I've read them. I took what I liked from it. I left the rest. But I always found her idea that there was nothing negative or nothing challenging or nothing lower vibration. You know, there's no shadow to oh. it as right. she weird. And I, she denied it. And mm. I would say to people, that's not really how that works. And it does exist. And you don't have to be fearful of it. But, you know, there's some complex yin yang in the universe, yeah. right? So she has this brush up with something that might be described as negative. It could have been. And she swung in the other direction. It's it's like a, a very fearful response. And it's a, it's a total 180. And my friends saw that this was happening and emailed me. And I was like, it's unsurprising because she didn't build it from the basement to the attic. I have a lot of respect for her. I think what she did was great. But when it's not built on a foundation that integrates what we were just talking about, it's very one-dimensional. It's mm -hmm. not a strong structure, you know, and you only want to see the light at the expense of acknowledging darkness. Then, you know, when you come into contact with something that could be described as dark or negative or shadow, you know, that's a bit of a personal apocalypse, if you will. Like that's a that's a challenge to your thinking in a way where the structure just can't hold. So Yeah, exactly. Like it it shakes your entire idea of what was what is. It does. So yeah, one of the big things that we try to do when we have workshops or even just one-on-one -on -one when I'm meeting with clients is if something comes up and they talk about it, just not assigning it good or bad necessarily as a value and mm -hmm. getting away from some of that and looking at it as information, but also being mm -hmm. really big about boundaries, energetic and otherwise, because if, you know, let's say someone is an energy vampire, right, in the office, you're allowed to have boundaries. You're allowed to take care of yourself, but you don't have to be scared and you don't have to worry. Yeah. So that's, that was kind of an interesting thing that came up and in our community in the last year or so. and That's interesting. And, you know, I want to just apply that sort of like not right and wrong here too, because whatever her journey is, I don't really know her that well, but I do know like her previous stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. I had two decks as well. And whatever her journey is, she's swinging to the other side, maybe to get a feel for it or whatever. And it's, I think it's hard to, to see when you're, when you're in it so deep. You know, she just well. You can tell she's sincere, yeah, yeah, and she like means it, and she feels a real obligation to inform, and that I think comes from a really sincere place. And it's funny, my friend um, Roger, he's an energy practitioner, he's a qigong practitioner, and all of the above. He said, "Well, you know, to her credit, like she's she's really owning where she's at, and she's mm -hmm. being really transparent about her process." And I I absolutely agree with that as well. I just, right. I think, you know, what Totem offers people is a space that's, we're agnostic, truly. Like, if you want to come in, you want to talk about X, Y, or Z, we can. And um, yeah. yeah, just because I think there's not a lot of space for someone who's curious but non-committal and who doesn't want to be judged. I remember teaching meditation at a studio in the West Loop, and they were mortified that I talked about how I was going to leave and go drink some Japanese whiskey. And they're like, that's just, <laughs> we can't believe that, number one, you do that. You 
des- desecrate your temple that way or that you'd say that around people oh. that you you teach. And I was like, well, I think Japanese whiskey is good for me and for my soul. So that's, and you that's my truth. And you sound like you like it. I do. <laughs> so you, <know? laughs> you have that free choice. Well, yeah. and so this leads me to the question, how do you, how do you describe spirituality? Um, I really think that we're all very spiritual. I view it as a science that just hasn't hasn't developed yet. I think we're going to get a lot more answers about our spiritual selves as individuals and as a whole. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the whole debate with Elon Musk and everybody talking about whether or not this is a simulation. You know, if you look <laughs> like at our, yeah. Yeah, if you look at Westworld or, you know, the OA or some of these popular shows, there's this premise that a lot of what we're seeing is you know, who knows that this is the only reality or what is reality? And that creates a whole new opening for spirituality as a more evolved science, perhaps, or science that we've lost some knowledge of at some point. Yeah. In the OA, when they do this movement with their body to jump dimensions, I don't know if you've seen it, but no, it's, it's like Reiki and um, Tai Chi had a baby. <laughs> and they do these five movements and they can jump from one dimension to another. And I'm watching it. I'm like, does anyone also aware of the fact that that's exactly what they're doing? Like, these right. are things that we do that we think are sort of silly or people might look down on them as being very crunchy or granola. And, you know, what if we could start teleporting, right? Right. So that's the way I view spirituality. It's it's ingrained in everything. I think every day is spiritual. I think everything and every person has energy. And it's at once both more simplistic and like basic and at the same time incredibly advanced. Like it's it's almost impossible to explain it somewhere in the middle. It's clouds and dirt, right? Well, it's so amorphous. And I and I think when you say it's ingrained in everything, what is ingrained in everything? Like what is it? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly well, and, right. But you're shamanism, saying energy. Yeah, shamanism permits an individual experience of the divine. So for as many human beings as there are, there is a universe and an experience of spirituality or the divine. And they're not mutually exclusive. So shamanism has always been a fan of the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So for me, spirituality is, frankly, you know, being a shaman, it's a little more literal. Honestly, um, when I quote journey, I see things in my mind's eye. I have conversations. A lot of times it takes the uh, the shape or role of an animal, for instance. For other people, it's feeling things kinetically or it's, or it's, you know, praying or it's going to church. I mean, all of those things matter, but I think you can have a spiritual practice just in the mundane as well. Like mm-hmm. I made a flower arrangement yesterday because I'm having a photo shoot tomorrow. To me, there's a spiritual quality to making a flower arrangement mm-hmm. that felt like ritual. You know, mm-hmm. it, I so didn't tiny beauty. specific. Yeah. So I like that about shamanism that everybody can come in with different things and everybody can leave with different things. And it doesn't matter how it works. It just matters that it works. Yeah, I love that. It's like the experience that we're taking away or that we're we're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. So say more um, about the multiverse. <laughs> well, yeah. Boom. Um, like, um, now we're going to dive I into l- dimensions. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. So I um, it's very funny. I was watching Westworld after I had an experience. So 
um, not this past year, the year before. So 2017 Thanksgiving, I had a spontaneous experience. You know, perhaps I have no idea what caused it. It might be just a release of the naturally occurring DMT in the body. But I was in a fourth or fifth dimensional perspective and it happened really spontaneously. I was in Florida wait, in a wait, bathroom. Wait, how, how did you, <laughs> how did you know? know? How did you know it's you had a fourth or fifth dimensional I experience? was having suddenly a conversation with God that was not verbal. So to call it a conversation is really, you know, simplest. I'm oversimplifying. And it was like, God, God, like with a capital G. And it was agonizing. And I was shown agonizing. my own life. Oh, yeah. It's, humans should not do this regularly. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a whole thing. Okay. And he showed me how absolutely wasteful I was being in my life and how mm. inconsequential and unimportant the things were that I was spending my time on. Now, Totem had already existed. I had already been a shaman. I hadn't done it for about a year or so. And it was the way I was shown, it almost made my life look like a 2D board game or something oh, where like so you're not moving. Oh, yeah. You're and it just moving. compressed everything. Yeah. And it just was, I, I, so I came out of this, whatever it was, seizure, who knows? I mean, it was hilarious when it happened. I'm sitting on the floor of a bathroom on vacation in Florida going, oh my God, like I have a tumor or something. Like I just had a stroke. Oh my We're going to go to the hospital. We're going to find like, this is when I get the diagnosis. Right. <laughs> and I was like, none of that probably even happened. I'm probably asleep somewhere in a hospital bed and something happened and I'm going to figure it out. Or, you know, and I had that whole thing and I'm sitting there and sitting there. And then I heard like my text message mm -hmm. ring on my phone. And I was like, oh no, that happened. This I'm happened. here. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I couldn't shake it. And my vibration got really high after that for about four or five months and, you know, lost weight and was very Rust Cole, HBO, True Detective kind of like saying things like, you know, about the multiverse and membrane theory. I'm sure I was a blast to be around. I was super fun for everybody. But that experience <laughs> like really drove home like, oh, yeah, well, that's certainly a different perspective and my human life, like my sentience here in this dimension felt very, very insignificant. And that was a little bit of a game changer for me. I started totem back up out of curiosity, mainly like I wanted to have contact with clients. I wanted to figure out why I was given that perspective for that millisecond. Um, since then, I've had dreams about traveling dimensions and bending dimensions and what that means and was watching Westworld and realized like, oh God, like all these shows on TV are about this now. Um, the idea that there are many worlds and they've yeah. been created and they have the same narratives or characters or, yeah, it's very, very weird. Like magicians. Like magicians. Yeah, yeah, do you, you have that? a thought on the, uh, no, I haven't, but I have to tell you, Netflix continues to recommend it assertively uh, to me. Yeah. It's something I, I need to watch. It's really fun. Right. But it's bringing That'll up be next. the dimensions and, and time travel as part of that. But yes. Yeah. Well, have you had any of those experiences, like what they might refer to as the Mandela effect or something where you, you remember something, quote, wrong? So in other words, you have a very specific memory, but other people remember it differently. I can't say... Well, I can't say that I've had that experience where it's been 
adamantly wrong. Like where I felt like I'm adamant that this is happening and they're adamant that it's happened another way where it, where it couldn't be left up to just human error. Right. I, I feel like maybe I've just had more, I don't know, human experiences like that. I don't feel like I've had, I don't know, bending dimension experiments, experiences or what you're talking about. I've certainly come in contact with my, my like deepest being, my inner being or whatever yeah. part of me is my spirit and soul. But I don't, I really don't even know how to comprehend exactly like this fourth fifth dimension experience. Yeah. Well, it's fairly incomprehensible. And like yeah. I said, uh, not recommended. <laughs> it was unpleasant. Um, shamanic journeying is much more pleasant, much more controlled and relaxing. And, you know, thing you get to talk to like a squirrel or a bird. And that's always really nice. But it yes, sounds very pleasant compared right? to this. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Hawking, um, the last paper he worked on, last study before he died, which was published after his death, was about the multiverse mm-hmm. and that infinite universes exist. And in fact, all of the rules of physics don't exist, really. That they do, but they're not hard and fast. And he put a lot of detail around it. So there's a lot of scientific and creative minds converging on this, this concept, which I find really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, when you contextualize this back into our daily lives, yes. what, what does that bring you? Or where well, does that land? There's a few things. One of them, and I could be wrong, you know, we're still at the beginning stages of like collecting kind of anecdotal information about this stuff. But mm-hmm. I've had a lot of dreams this year about friends of mine who are practitioners in a dimension that's a lot easier than this one, where they're a lot happier and they don't have the challenges that they have in, in this reality. And there's a lot of specifics around it, and I'll talk to them about it. And a good friend of mine, he's an energy worker, he said, well, I've read these works of this one gentleman. He said that the dimension we're in, where our consciousness is rooted right now as the hardest, lowest vibration one. Mm -hmm. And we come here to really kind of like slog it out, you know, like charcoal Mm -hmm. under pressure becoming a diamond or something more precious or stronger or whatever that might be. I think there's some truth to that. So a lot of our challenges here in daily life, number one, we may have helped design them. We may have thought Mm -hmm. we needed to go through that, you know, Caroline Meese in Sacred Contracts talks about a lot of that, that we're the co-authors of our our own lives. So accountability, responsibility, acceptance, non-attachment, those are things that are important. And I see that. Yeah, like I see that on a, a larger scale of our like entire life. Like yeah. we've designed this in a more general from before we came kind of experience, but then we're also co-authoring and co-creating right in the moment, along with that past or previous intention. Absolutely. And a lot of it is about empowering and taking control. And it's also about putting things in perspective. So if there's this great big multiverse and we're here to learn or we're here for whatever reasons we're here for, maybe it's the, you know, reptilian elite have put us here to you know, do work for them. I have friends who believe that. That's the thing that's out there. Google it, go on Twitter. Um, what is it? But, the, the reptilian Oh yeah, the run. reptilian race that runs the world. The David Icke stuff. Are you not? Yeah. No, we all, I don't know. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think yeah. it's fascinating, but I just, I don't know. There's so much to take in about there is. that's out there. <laughs> I, I consume all of it. I'm a big content that's, consumer. Yeah. Right. So you um, can give us the two cents here. About, yeah. About yeah. But it. like, regardless of, of any of that, I think that what the multiverse does for us spiritually here in a shamanic practice is it tells us that this isn't it. Mm-hmm. So how would you do things differently if this life wasn't the beginning and the end? Or what would you want to do differently? For me, you know, I would be a lot less attached to things like getting a kind of car that I want or, you know, a home at the end of a cul-de-sac in a suburb that I take a train to and from every day to go to a job that's stable so I could pay a mortgage, you know, all those things, which, by the way, have never really appealed to me. I think for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But, you know, is that really how you want to spend your time in this dimension? It's a way of putting things in a new perspective, a broader one. And also when things don't go well here, like let's say your job's really hard, you got a new boss that doesn't respect you, you know, maybe this is your opportunity to get out of that. Why mm-hmm. is that Why is that seen as a, a thing that's happening to you that's negative? You know, why are you assuming a victim stance in that? Maybe you need to be moving on to bigger and better things, right? Um, yeah. So it's yeah. a way to bring in the possibility and open yeah. up the imagination to design your life. Yes. Um, and there's a big there's a big vein in all of this around a concept called Wu Wei. I don't know if you've heard that before. Yes, I have. Yeah, it's probably because my last name is Wu. So it's like, yes. what is that? <laughs> well, What's and there's been this amazing confluence with this. So I, I just naturally kind of like have a lot of that jam in me for some reason. I'll be like, nope, I'm going to go meditate instead of fix the emergency. And it ends up working itself out. Yeah. But well, will you I say have, more about Wu Wei here for people? Of course. Who are yeah. Listening? It's, it's um, non, um, like non activity, but appropriately so that you're within flow in the universe. So you're not trying to control or manipulate. You are simply doing. It's a very Tao concept. And the the idea is that you're in these invisible rivers that carry you. You know, when you're in Wu Wei, serendipity and confluence just move you along with mm. um, momentum. I love, how you, I love how you're describing this. Well, thank you. I have a lot of friends who know a lot about it. So um, my friend Roger started a, a consultancy called Find Your Wu Wei. Hmm. I realized when he started that, my friend Anne, who's a feng shui consultant, had taught me that word. And I told her about it the week or so that I told her about it. She reached out to this woman who has a Wu Wei school of Reiki in the Berkeley area and then went is trying to organize getting together for tea with someone. And they said, well, what about the Wu Wei temple, like tea room? All of this mm-hmm. happened within like a day or two of each other. So even the words Wu Wei have Wu Wei. Yeah, um, <laughs> Absolutely. It, was, <laughs> it was bizarre. It lives within. It does. And she's lived in that. that area her whole life. She never heard of any of that before that exact moment. So yeah, it's the idea that you, you know, there are these currents and you can get into the current and you look for signposts almost in a very Alice in Wonderland kind of way. And if you participate spiritually, but you practice non-attachment while you're participating, you can get into a current and really get taken somewhere. Wonderful. 
um, and not have to fight, not have to work so hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, all of this conversation is reminding me of the book by James Redfield, um, The Celestine Prophecy. It's amazing. Yeah. Right? I love it. It's like such a classic. It's pretty old now, but getting into the invisible rivers, the currents, he talks about finding your alignment of your true energy. And then what you were saying about some friends that are in another dimension, in another reality, at the end of the book, he talks about that. You know, if you're listening and you haven't read this book, it's, it's sort of an adventure story, like the Da Vinci Code is in a way, but it's giving these insights that you can apply to real life. And at the end, he, I think, tell me if I'm remembering this incorrectly, Rachel, but there's this experience of transcending to another consciousness where the ones that are in a different consciousness don't see you even. You don't see each other. Yes. But you're existing on the same somewhere. Plane. Plane. Yeah. Yeah, Somewhere. Yeah. Almost like getting raptured. (laughs) Yes. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's all kinds of theories around that stuff. And it's just endlessly fascinating to me. And, you know, I have friends who call me if they haven't heard from me for a few days. And one of them said, I just want to make sure that you didn't slip into another dimension. Because if it happens to anybody, it's going to happen to you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Has that happened to one really of your friends? Funny. Like, do you No, no. Everybody's ever? here that I know of. <laughs> yeah. But I had the weirdest experience. And it's such a bizarre example. So, I have a large German shepherd. I brought him back from Germany. It's a long story. It was definitely a shamanic adventure, right? I have a black dog from the Black Forest. Anyway, I take him with me to the doctor and I walk from where I live in the West Loop down to the Gold Coast to go see my doctor. And she loves him and he comes into the office and everything. So it was a very, it's a very specific memory of walking him. And there was a Catholic charity and they had the soup kitchen line was out and someone was being arrested and it agitated my dog. So I had to cross the street and go to the doctor. I was late to the doctor. I had to call the, all this stuff, right? So they called in a prescription for me that day. I talked to a couple people along the walk on the way there and on the way home. And then at the pharmacy, filling a prescription. And then I came home. A couple months later, I get sick with the thing. You know, being a shaman, that means wounded healer. We get sick a lot, guys, by the way. And even though I know it's energetic, I take the antibiotics just in case. So I go into my medicine cabinet to get out the medicine that I know I have because I had that unusual day. It's not there. Call the pharmacy. They have no record of it. I'm like, this is bizarre. I must have been like in a fugue state or I'm confusing it, right? Call the doctor's office. No record of my visit that day. And I'm thinking, oh, "Oh my God, this is because I'm sick. I must have a fever. I'm like not remembering things right. So I mention it to my boyfriend. He goes, no, I remember that day. You called me. And then I called one of my other friends. And then I talked to a different friend that I spoke with in the pharmacy getting the prescription. She goes, yeah, no, it was on this day. I remember because we had this emergency at work. And this is, and it all lined up with my memory. But this material plane had no record of it anywhere. So that was my weird little moment where I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Is this the Mandela moment that you were talking about? It is, yes, of a distinct memory. But other people I had spoken to have that exact memory of the event that I have. It's the outside world outside of our little circle has no record of it. Oh, that is so interesting. Yep, all for a bladder infection. Oh, And some antibiotics. It wasn't the sexiest (laughs) moment. Right. Yeah. 
So with with all this Wu Wei, this experience of being carried to where you need to be and all the synchronicities happening to to catalyze that and be supporting that, what's going on in your life right now? Do you well, experience that an experience of that right now? Yes. I mean, basically every day, there are days that are slower, or a little lower vibration than others. And those times can like kick up a bit, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. It's kicked up lately. And I've had, you know, a lot of dreams that I try and keep a dream journal because I get, in my opinion, a lot of information from my subconscious. So mm-hmm. if there's something in a dream that I can go do in real life. So for instance, if I have a dream about the Lincoln Park Zoo, and it feels like a big dream, like a shamanic dream, I will try to go to the zoo. And I don't know why. I don't know what's there. I don't know how that works out. It may have nothing to do with it, but the act of me leaving the house, for instance, triggers a series of events. So trying to listen to intuition, not at the expense of logic, like never putting myself in harm or anything like that, but listening to intuition and and really going with it. You know, it was really funny on Thanksgiving I was at a friend's yoga studio and they were having a little Thanksgiving celebration and someone came up to me and said, so what are you going to be up to? Like, what's the next year for you? And I said, well, I think I'm going to meet like my person. Mm. And they were like, oh, are you dating? I was like, no, I just think so. <laughs> yeah. And I heard myself say it at the same time. Everybody else did. Like it was news to me uh-huh. too. And, you know, within a week or so I had met someone that I'm now still dating who's very different. And so the even the act of hearing myself say that, and I wasn't attached to that. That wasn't a story I had to tell myself. It just happened spontaneously. So I said, oh, maybe I should do that. And I did it. I love it. Well, yeah, just saying like, listen to what comes out of your mouth because it's being created. It's being, it's emerging into awareness. And then yeah, here it is. We're all mediums. You know, all of us feel energy. We all channel something, Right listening to that more often than not and not questioning it, not trying to apply the rational mind to it all the time, you'll start to see exponential dividends on that behavior, on Mm -hmm. participating and going, okay, well, let's see. Let's see what that that adventure has. I would also say that there's a lot going on right now for me. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but almost all of my friends that are energy workers and myself included are at this really critical point where it's, do we, do we take the plunge? Do we do the spiritual stuff and we give up the day job? Or do we give up the space where we do these things and we do it more on, in a mobile way? Or there's just, it seems everyone I know is at that place of in the next month or so making that decision. And I think that there's some woo way to that as well, because we all want to do this full time. Mm-hmm. But that requires that we practice some degree of release, yeah. right? And that's very scary to the rational mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm not going through that specific form of it right now uh, because this is my full time. And yeah. I did I did do that a couple of years back. Uh, and it's a big leap. And at the same time right now, actually like a couple of weeks ago, I had this experience in a satsang, in a like a spiritual service, where I just had something in me ask myself, are you really in this, Candace? Are you really going to surrender? Are you really taking your spiritual path? Yeah. And I felt called to drop some of, I 
don't, I can't even name what I was dropping, but letting go of, I don't know, some ways of the ordinary world and just embracing that whatever things were going to, to guide me to, I was going to follow. And that wouldn't be a normal, quote unquote, normal kind of path. And that my life already didn't look normal, but here I'm taking the next level and whatever that looks like. It's a harder path. You know, I had a dream where my very good friend is answers a phone, a landline in a kitchen and her mother's in the other room and she's talking to someone and they go, do you think that Rachel is a candidate for the enhanced consciousness package? (laughs) And she said, oh, absolutely. Like I had listed her as a reference for an enhanced consciousness package. And she walked them through some of the ways, you know, that I was, I qualified for it. And her mother came in after she was off the phone and said, oh, what what was that all about? And she explained it to her like, oh, they were just checking to see if, you know, I thought Rachel would be a good candidate for enhanced consciousness. She goes, oh, I want that. And Anne goes, no, it's not for you. And she's like, it's, it's really hard. Or she said something like, it's, it's the least easy way to live kind of a thing. And yeah, Hmm. there's, it's not easy at all. And no one ever said it was going to be, but everyday quote, regular mundane life, like we joke, like muggle life, Mm -hmm. it's also not easy. And the perception that that's safer is a perception. It's perpetuated, you know, with a lot of effort and investment, by the way, it's a coordinated ad campaign that you should quote, do the normal thing and the responsible thing. And that's how life works. I can tell you working in corporate America that the concept that you work really hard, so they're going to take care of you, that doesn't exist. There's no job security. There's no stability with that. No stability. And it's not any more secure than anything else that, by the way, you might be enjoying that might not drain you or make you unhappy. That, you know, why, why can't you find something that connects you to that innermost part of yourself, as you put it, that also pays your bills? Those things should be possible. And I think for a lot of people I know, they are all about to make that big leap. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm about to get the Indiegogo campaign up for the tarot deck. I've been held back, I think, just by fear. You know, it's not conscious fear, but there's a reason it's been so slow. Mm -hmm. It's got to be fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And a few other things. Um, You know, in my own way, I'm stepping out almost like it's like coming out of the closet a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. I'm doing it. I totally know what you mean. Yeah. I figure everybody at work thinks I'm a witch anyway. You know, what's the harm at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you know, are you Cats aware out of, of the bag? <laughs> right. Like, are you aware of what the fear is? About um, that? A bit. Yeah. Which is that, you know, it's going to get harder and weirder. You know, <laughs> and my life has been really hard and really weird. <laughs> and I think a part of me just kind of like is tired and just wants to like hang out. And, you know, a spiritual path, you're constantly challenged and you constantly grow. It's that enhanced consciousness package, right? It's not for everybody. And it can be quite unpleasant at times. But yeah, I think that was part of it. And also just, I think, fear of judgment, even though I'm not a person who's overly concerned with what others think, there is something there of, can I ever get a normal job again after this if I needed to, if I did this? Well, that, you know, what does it look like on a resume? That's thought. Because like you probably won't, the question that I have is, would you even want to go back? No, of course not. Um, 
Yeah, I, there's a pattern that emerged this year with my my day job that I went through last year, and it's it's comically similar. And it's the it was down to the day, you know, the exact same day, exact same full moon in March, the whole thing. And I went to yoga, and I was sitting in Shavasana, and in my brain, I go, you know what, I can't do this again this year. And then I corrected oh. myself. My inner self said, no, you will not do this Ooh, again this yeah. year. You will, you will not. Yeah, that's clear. So. Yeah, That's it's crazy. interesting. Um, and spirituality is way less crazy than corporate America. It's way less crazy than the medical industry. I mean, if you look at things that we all think of as the bedrocks of our society, they're completely nuts. And, you know, who wants to be sane and high functioning in a world that's insane, really, that way? I don't, not necessarily. Well, so for all the people, you know, for people out there that are listening to this, that are in that industry, or are, I don't know, connected with that industry. What if they're like, Rachel, <laughs> how are we insane? Like what, this is real. Oh yeah, no. You know? Well, Peter Thiel put it best. He goes, insanity in individuals is common, but insanity in groups of people is the rule. Mm -hmm. um, he wrote Zero to One and he was one of the founders of PayPal and he's a venture capitalist in Silicon Valley. So what he meant by that was not that the individuals are the issue or that the science is the issue or that economics or economic models are the issue. It's that when we get together in large groups, companies, et cetera, there's very little common sense a lot of the times. Like if you look at the medical industry, it's not the practitioners that are insane. It's the fact that the profit motive is forcing doctors to get crazy limits of liability on their insurance. And, you know, the whole financial model of it is it's a challenge for us mm -hmm. in this country in a way like we're smart. We should fix that. You right. know? Yeah. Um, I think that's really key here. Like the individual smartness yeah. kind of gets, uh, it like swirls into this mass energy that loses a lot of, loses a lot. It buckles under the weight of its own size in mm -hmm. a lot of cases. So when I talk industries, I mean like the whole industry is, you know, and mm -hmm. the movie, the big short and the real estate crash. So I'm in commercial real estate the crash that happened in 08. Everybody said, well, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. You know, real estate always appreciates and never depreciates. There will never be a housing bubble. Everybody pays their mortgage. These were things that were as true as like, you know, the earth is round and the sky is blue. <laughs> and it didn't happen. And a few people, like there were a lot of individuals who were really smart who said, wait a minute, this is a problem. Look at this. But the monstrous size of it, it couldn't, it's like turning a battleship around in a bathtub. Mm -hmm. So it, there's a lot of things that aren't, aren't the most rational in what we consider to be the rational world. And I think it's interesting when you look at shamanism, you look at ener energy work or any of these modalities of spirituality, there's plenty that makes sense if you actually take it in instead of resist mm -hmm. the new data. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Our mind can want to try to filter it through the mind stuff that doesn't always, yeah. it can't take it all in. It's beyond that. But I want to go back to shamanism. So you've talked about shamanic journeying and spirit animals yeah. and shadow work and tarot cards and that spiritual work that you do with people. Is that your main work as sh a shaman or are there other ways or modalities that you use within that realm? Well, it's constantly evolving, which is one of the things I really love about it because I love learning and I love being educated and being trained. Mm -hmm. So 
recently, and after many years of resistance, I got you know Reiki attuned. The reason I was resistant is because of the, the I call it the Doreen virtue effect, which is for a long time when I first got into shamanism, every Reiki practitioner I met was sort of I don't I don't know how to word it. Um, it just was it seemed it seemed a little nuts, you know, and that's my own stuff too. But they seemed like really rigid or really whatever, you know, it just, it was kind of a funny thing to me. Mm -hmm. And I have friends, I've had Reiki for 10 years. I've received it. I pay for it. I believe in it. I love it. Oh, that's funny. You were having that at the same time. Oh, totally. Like the guy (laughs) who pays the hooker for sex, but you know. Right. There was something that was drawing you and resisting you all at once. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So I went and got attuned in it. And so I, I do Reiki, but what I'm finding doing it and I've been doing mainly like practice sessions with clients who are kind enough to let me do that is my Reiki is not really Reiki. It's the shamanic Reiki and it's high amounts of data. So data visualization of the energy body and getting a lot of information and doing things that are not pure Reiki at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has been an incredible learning experience for me. And I'm thinking of finding a way to codify or or you know for want of a better term, find something to call what I'm doing over time. I think it's important to figure out what it is first. You know, I try to be responsible that way. I don't want to brand something before it's defined. Right. But what you're saying, data visualization of the energy body, what does that mean? So someone's laying on the table and you're checking in, you're doing Reiki, you're doing a scan of the body. Mm -hmm. And the other day I had a client and her feet were the roots of a tree. Mm-hmm. And I saw the roots moving down and, you know, my hands are doing things, but I'm not consciously that aware of what they're doing, but it was, you know, on her ankles or her feet. And then I look up and her head and her whole higher auras and chakras are like the branches of a weeping willow tree. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is very interesting, you know? And so I'll share that with her after the session. And I'll say things like, you know, it might even be worthwhile to go to Whole Foods and get a Bach remedy, flower essences of willow. Sometimes it's literal and, you know, I treat it almost like mediumship where I don't, I don't edit. Uh, It's not for me to decide what's important for her or not. Mm -hmm. It all comes out. All that information gets shared as crazy as it sounds. So yeah, I'm doing a lot more of that. It's a lot more of an integrated thing. And in that same session, a pet who had passed away came up for her. And so that's mediumship. So it, they mm-hmm. all tend, they're, they're kind of it's woven growing in. together. Yeah. Yes. You can't, yes. I, being who you are, it sounds like you can't separate those things. That's, that's what I found in myself, at least. Like all these different parts of me come in, even when I'm working in one modality, quote unquote, that I have named. Right. It's not that at all. It's like this confluence of, of experience that comes into one moment. Yeah. Yeah. That you just were very articulate. That's it. Um, I would also say with the tarot deck, getting that off the ground and getting that out in the hands of people, that's my, I'm really passionate about empowering people to access their own spirituality. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And some, some energies are things that have been, I think, neglected or overlooked in more traditional decks or fairy decks or angel decks. And I talk to angels. I love angels. I've got a great, hilarious relationship with a few of them, by the way. So I'm not (laughs) dismissive of them, but they're, you know, they get press coverage, right? 
Um, there's <laughs> other energies that are maybe, quote, more shamanic that I try to incorporate into the deck because I think they're useful for people. I think it's sort of like when we look at paganism or these these beings or loas or, or spirits of place, they were focused on specific things. There's mm-hmm. a power to specificity, right? Um, you know, yeah. I, I personally believe in an overarching, like, cosmic consciousness, like a god with a capital G. I do. But I don't think they're mutually exclusive. And I don't think accessing that all the time helps you do some of the little things, maybe. Uh, you know? And I'm not right. sure that he's sweating it. I don't think he's worried that you're hanging out with a a pagan deity once in a while. I just, anyway, in my personal experience, I don't think that they get all up about that. They seem so, to be fine with each other. Yeah, they are in harmony, or they're yeah, at least at the purest forms. That I well, and hilariously, I the show American Gods came out, which is based on the Neil Gaiman novel. Which he's great. It's great. It's hilarious, and a lot of those characters in that story are things that are in the tarot deck and i just think that that's hilarious oh, how funny i'm wondering if they're making a concerted effort like they got a new yeah. agent or something and that's why <laughs> i'm featuring them and you know odin odin is my my homeboy and so i was very happy to see him in american gods oh that's great yeah do you have your deck right now oh yeah absolutely yeah um, do you do you still want to pull some cards Yes, or let's what do we, what it. What should we do for me or for the audience? What what feels right? Let's do it for you, and then okay. I'll pull one for the audience because that's always a nice a nice thing, right? Yeah. To do, yeah. Um, so w- it's very funny. I'm not very structured about tarot cards. Everybody has a a thing. They get very, you know. We all have our own language with these guys. Um, I'm not that rigid, so I don't have a lot of ticks and things like that. So I'll just shuffle mm-hmm. them up and pull okay. a few out. Okay. And big shout out, by the way, to the designer. Um, Emma is one of my longest clients, one of my first clients. And that's how she and I met and became friends. And she's just a very talented designer and artist. So oh, she worked on beautiful. these. Yeah. What's her last name? Um, Cook. Cook. Yeah. And it was really hard on her body. It's funny. She'd be working on a card that has a certain connotation with a certain chakra and she'd have a medical issue there. So it felt terrible the whole time. She should really get hazard pay. Yeah. Right. Well, shout out to Emma. Thank you. All right. So two cards for you. Oh, and I got the chills about one of them. Um, The two of moons, we did moons instead of cups because cups are about the emotions and love. Mm -hmm. And so are the the moons, right? The idea that moons Mm -hmm. control water, control emotion and feeling. The Mm -hmm. two of moons is a convergence of two souls. It's like a soulmate loving relationship, um, a deepening of bonds. (laughs) Yeah, like really kind of like falling in love and letting that happen and the beauty of all of that. That just happened. That's happening. Congratulations. Like in a big, big way. So this card is about there being perfect symmetry and balance. So you're not the same person, but your word alchemy, right, Ah. comes into play here where there is no real effort because it's a good fit. So you can be madly in love with someone and it could be, you know, a disaster in terms of balance or your ability to live well together or support each other. Um, Mm -hmm. 
either emotionally or in, in resources. But this card is all about like you meet your person and they help you grow and, and you help them grow and you're different, but you're intensely compatible. And there's usually a soulmate connection as well. Oh, I feel that. Everything you're saying is exactly right. It's so pretty. It's, I'll send you photos oh, of these please. so you yeah, can well, have them. We'll put them on the website too, if that's okay for, for, this, Absolutely. Uh, for this show. Yeah. That's awesome. It, the other card you got is one of my favorites. It's the eight of crystals. So we did crystals instead of coins. Coins indicate mm. material wealth. They're things in the material plane. And I love crystals, right? I love that, yeah. So the eight of crystals is all about working in a way where you're not getting overwhelmed by the enormity of the task and you're just in the doing of it. So you do one thing every day that moves you further ahead. And when you look back on it, you've kind of built this incredible body of work. So the eight of crystals indicates a time of high efficiency and productivity and really Mm. mastering a craft, by doing versus studying or, or hearing someone else tell you about it, mm-hmm. but being in the doing of it, which for me is the big part of the Wu Wei is you got to get out of the house. You got to go do too. Yeah. You got to participate if you want to play the game. Yep. So really positive. That's both really of those. Lovely. I love that. That's always been my kind of jam, like doing versus the studying, even though I have yep. studied plenty in my life, it, but I really am such a kinesthetic learner. I'm like in my body. I have to learn it in my bones. I I feel that's where that's where the mastery comes from, the the experience. And that's a really nice reminder. Just like one little thing and and the ease of that. Yeah. And it just always be working towards it productively. And it seems, you know, when this card shows up, I would say to you or any other client that you have a gift for managing your time well. And by managing your time, I also mean managing where your attention goes. What are you attending to? What do you give your time and energy to? Mm. Um, You do the right things with that. You're not spending time on a lot of things that aren't producing results for you and that aren't productive Mm. and aren't moving you forward. Nice. Um, for uh, For the audience, it's the Three of Crystals. And this is a great card. This is a card of, it's funny, like interdimensional connectedness and the the intersection points. So everything kind of coming together, everything working really, really well. There being a lot of um, moving parts that fit perfectly. So it's a card of achievement, of really, you know, good news, of success, financial success, gifts, but of the gifts and, and financial resources that come from relationships um, the threes have a lot to do with triangles and in the suit of crystals, it's very positive. So through triangulation of relationships or mm. introductions or networking or, you know, even what you do on your, your podcast, you're putting people in touch with each other mm-hmm. and they're growing and expanding. Love that. As a, a contrast, the three of swords is a, is a negative triangulation of relationships. It tends to indicate, you know, um, cheating in a relationship or lying or if you've ever known someone who has to triangulate something mm-hmm. in order to be in it like they have to involve their mother all the time and you're like why can't it just be us or uh, yes, whatever that right. is the third the third sword piercing the other two so that's mm-hmm. not a good triangle this one is it's a happy triangle <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome you hear that everyone <laughs> You are receiving this just blessing here. 
I love that. Absolutely. Thank and you. So are we. So it's and the so audience. It's you. It's me. It's you all know, of it's, us. Yes. It's the synchronicity of all of it and the interconnectedness, it feels like, of, of everyone who's tuning into the energy here, of the alchemy of what we are creating and what gets created. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening and for you for sharing this. And I, I love this deck already. I love that you're doing crystals and moons. And so do you have swords as well? And what's the other? We we did bones oh, did for bones. swords and we did trees for wands. So we trees. went a little more elemental with things. Yes. Oh, that feels so good. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. And, and thank you. And thank everyone who's listening just for, for this. I think, you know, every time we have open conversations and we share about these things, we all benefit from them. And, you know, Candice, you've got this amazing platform where you, you're able to do that for people, myself included. I've learned a lot listening to others on your podcast. So mm, thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. This has been wonderful, Rachel. Um, is there anything else you want to share? No, just um, that if you're curious and you've never used a tarot deck before, you know, don't be shy. Go on Amazon and get a basic Rider weight or keep a dream journal. I, I think, you know, the more that you listen to yourself and your own intuition, you can really take charge of your own, your own spiritual practice. So I'm all about empowering people to do that on their own as much as possible. That's a great message. Thank you. It's dream work, especially. I think there's so much there if if you're interested in tapping into that. I encourage that too. And um, yes. yeah, I'm excited, Rachel. You're going to offer a shamanic journey experience for everyone. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes. 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 I'm so excited. So tune in later this week. You'll be guided through this lovely shamanic journey with Rachel and check out the Totem Tarot deck when it comes out. We'll definitely put the links up when it comes out. Um, thank you so much, Rachel. Thank it's you. Been such a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? Um, people can find me on the interweb. So Totem Readings, T-O-T-E-M readings.com. Um, or you can just shoot me an email, Totem Rage. So T-O-T-E-M-R-I-C-H at gmail.com. You're awesome. Thank you. You're awesome. Thank you. <laughs> it was so great to have Rachel on the show. After we did this podcast, we just had a little private chat about all the things we wanted to talk about in the future, like how to talk to your body and tell your genetics what you want it to do, how your body and you work together, and also about past lives, about being a shaman at least me being a shaman and how that plays into this life and her being really surprised at hearing about her past lives. And also we talked a little bit about our cycles and how um, that has really changed. The energy has really changed in the universe right now and has caused a lot of women's cycles to uh, switch to either the full moon or, or a new moon, the opposite moon, or a really shift. So I'm excited to have her back on the show sometime and look out for her tarot deck, the Totem Tarot deck, which offers the different suits, the moons, the crystals, trees, and bones. I love that. And you'll see that in the show notes as soon as it comes out. If you don't see it there, it just may not be out yet. But I think by the time that you're listening to this, that it will be out there in the world for you to order if you want to. 
Thanks so much for listening and I want to leave you with a little bit of music to just let you transition into your day and I'll see you next time on the Embody Podcast.